since we started this podcast, people have been asking us like all the time, like I can't go to the grocery store without people being like Peter from Hitbox. I need to know, right? Like, like people have been asked. I'm just saying that we're going to finally address it. What kind of pizza do you like? <laughs> what's a, what's a, what's what's your favorite pizza topping? Because I have an answer. Because last night I had some pizza, and for me, in my opinion, the best pizza topping combo is ham and tomato. Interesting. I mean, that's like I, that's a that's a like I'm not like judging it negatively. That's just a unique combination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I would not. I, I think that. it's the best. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, well, for, other unfortunately? Pizza. <laughs> for other pizza for like oh, yeah. Because because to me, like, there's nothing really that I think can reach the heights of ham and tomato. I could foresee that, though, being like the, I have a, I have a very simple answer. Mm-hmm. Cheese. Cheese is the best pizza. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I simply can't agree with you. But Justin, as Voltaire said, I will defend your right to say it or whatever the fuck. And I have a reason because I yeah. feel like sometimes if you get toppings, like different toppings, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they're different depending on what institution you're going to. Like if you That's get tomatoes true. at four different pizza places, you're going to get four different types of tomatoes on top, whether it's the size, the cut, the amount of, of cook on them. So mm-hmm. like a very consistent pizza choice is just plain up cheese, just straight up, no, nothing else on it, just cheese. You'll you'll get the you'll get the standard pizza for that restaurant. I suppose that's true. I also I I will say I like to go with whatever their like house special is. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's because it's always like yo, they thought about this. Like yeah. they're putting their name on this. Like for example, um, I'm a fan of Lou Malnati's deep dish, and you do like the Lou's classic, which has like just straight up a layer of sausage on it. It's yeah. so good. Um, but yes, uh, that's that is a very interesting choice. Okay, let me say, let me uh, pose it to you like this: If you had to choose a topping, what would you say? I'd probably get sausage, but I think sausage is again one of those things that, depending on where you get sausage, yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. different type of pizza. Um, so, like, I and I think <laughs> this so this goes back to my weight loss days um, when I lost about 50, 60 pounds uh, for eating just better and smarter and less gummy mm-hmm. bears. Um, That'll do it. The, it. I I, I kind of shifted to cheese because I'd rather have the extra calories to eat more pizza rather than have different <laughs> toppings. Whoa, Justin, you, I'm here in 2022. You're out there in 3022, man. That's insane. Uh, that's that's actually quite smart. Um, with sausage, I guess, like, I just love, I love a lot going on in my pizza. Mm-hmm. Sausage and jardinera oh, that's is, a good, like, that's, that's strong. real good. Yeah, And, yeah. like, a younger version of me, I think, um, before, like, I really came around to vegetables, I think would be, like, disappointed maybe that that like my another top tier one for me is uh pepperoni and green pepper mm-hmm. um because mm. i don't know like i think as a kid you're at least i was like yeah vegetables kind of suck so like why would i want them on my fun food yeah, yeah. you know uh, but they just they had some texture i don't want to start a controversy here but no go right ahead pepperoni pizza doesn't yeah. need to exist Whoa! I know, I know. It just does not quite controversial. I know, right? I, 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 it just does not need to exist. And um, if I could have one wish from a genie, um, that would be my wish. That That would be your one wish. The only thing in this world that needs to be changed. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I was like, just about. I was Justin before you said that. I was like, great intro. Let's (laughs) like we're good. Why? 
I just don't you like just it. You don't like it? I, I think it. I think texture-wise, it's not great. Um, I think oh it just doesn't like fit with that bite of pizza. You get like a weird chewy piece of randomized meat on top it's of like your salty. thing. It's a little bit salty. Uh, good, good cheese already has salt in it, friends. I don't know why you need that. And like, I just. Wow. I don't respect it. And I think the thing wow. I hate about the worst is the pizza that hides the pepperoni under the cheese. So if you're oh sitting there gosh. being like, I'm going to eat some cheese pizza right now, you put it in your mouth, you get some of that gross pepperoni that gross? you got to like pull oh through. Gosh. You got to pull through it, and it's just not great. Wow. Wow. Yeah. A side of you I have never seen. Yeah. This is a disagreement I think that I'm going to like keep with me in the way that like the medium was. <laughs> you know, like, wow, wow, wow. I guess I don't really have, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Are we going to, can we even do a podcast if we're so diametrically opposed? I this think is so. Our, this is like, I I am going to say Iron Man loved pepperoni pizza and the Captain America did not. <laughs> and that was the cause of their civil war. Yeah, he was such um, a, he was a pineapple fan on his pizza. Captain oh gosh, America. are you? I will eat it. Yeah. I'm, <sighs> I, I'm like, I wouldn't go for it first, but like a good combo, sausage, pepperoni. I mean, no, 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 yeah, no, I no, agree. no, no, yeah. no, good combo, sausage, pineapple. Oh my gosh. I feel like I don't even know you. I'm I like, I, I'm not like, di- like diametrically opposed to it in the way that like some people are. Um, I had it actually recently as a test to see like, I always like, I didn't like this when I was a kid, but like maybe it's good now. No, I still don't like it. Um, but I, we have to move on. Otherwise, we're going to reveal more truths about each other that I, maybe I'm not comfortable with. Uh, it's, it's Hitbox. Oh, gosh. What's in the fucking box? Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 84. Happy Hitbox Day, if you're listening to it. On We've done it. It's Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, you made it through. Ha- halfway through the week. Good job. Keep on keeping and on. Like to make everyone feel really jealous, I will be on spring break. Uh, and I technically, technically, my spring break starts on Friday. So I, I don't like at Thursday night, I'll be on spring break. Dang, I dude. I'm well, excited. congratulations. Thank you. I've Happy done for it. you to not have to deal with any sort of work regarding school or the children that attend the institution. My name is Peter Hunspittig, and as you've almost certainly guessed, my wonderful co-host here, his name is Justin Makovich. The reason you would have guessed it, you're laughing, uh, is because you're just a very famous teacher. They, they, uh, yeah, everyone knows me. Everyone just like... You're like, yeah. um, what's the... Damn it. If I had the movie, it would have been good. What's the movie with Robin Williams? Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. Yeah. 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 You're like him. Or you're like, uh, Gandhi. It's got to be another teacher movie. Gandhi? Yeah. He taught us all life lessons. I suppose he did. Yeah. Other stuff too that were maybe not so great, but we're not getting into that here on our fun (laughs) video podcast. Uh, it's because today we're going to be taking a look at the happenings of of the gaming world this past week uh we got a first look at starfield which we'll be talking about supermassive announced a new game the initiative has lost a lot of people at that studio um and there's a lot of conversation surrounding the most recent state of play that showcased hogwarts legacy but we'll get to all of that and more before we do justin it from from our show notes here it looks like you've been playing a lot of video games I don't yeah. want to hear about it. I, I've been, I've been, I, I gotta admit, 
and I think this this could be a whole topic of a show. There is a thing about being overwhelmed with your video game choices. Yes. And at a certain point, it ruins your experiences playing video games. Because, because you start to optimize. Yeah. You start to be like, well, I want to do this as quick as possible. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I think last week we were talking about open world games. And one of my favorite games was Red Dead 2. And I think part of the reason why is because I didn't have anything else pressing I wanted to play then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had about two months of just Red Dead time. Oh, that's awesome. And there's so many things out that I really want to play now and like commit to, but I just can't yeah. focus. And I'm not one of those people who are really good at like shuffling or like uh, juggling a lot of games at once. So <clears throat> let's start with the, the, the first game, the game that I put to rest for now. And that was horizon forbidden West. I beat that game. Dang. Yeah. It's Congratulations. It's finished. It's done. Um, get the platinum or just the story. So the platinum will be my summer goal. Um, I think it's a pretty like, good platinum for the most yeah. part um it, you don't have to do everything you have to try most things so mm-hmm. you don't have to like complete every single side quest every single thing in the map and i really do think that that's the prime way to get a platinum um because the second you're forced to do everything it becomes assassin's creed and that sucks <laughs> yes yes i agree um but let me t- tell you like um i think i was like two missions to the end um, when we were recording last week and we were okay. talking about the open world game and I gave this open world like it's a good open world. I think it's a great open world, but something happens in this game and, and I we texted about it. So I don't necessarily need to know if this is a spoiler we want to share with people uh, on the second to last mission that not only changes that open world for the better. It also provides one of the most hype moments in video games. <laughs> uh, I think we can say because I. It, it, it was in the, like the kind of thing right? that was in the trailers. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, you basically get to fly on the backs of of your uh, pterodactyls. Robots. Yeah, your pterodactyls, yeah. Um, sun beaks, whatever they. I think that's maybe that's their name. That sounds right. Whatever, sure, whatever. But you get to fly around, and you just get to summon it like you summon any of the other mounts in the game. So you could be mm-hmm. just anywhere. Um, and the cool thing about that is it just kind of changes. Like if there is like a bandit camp, you're just flying over it. You just like jump off of it glide down get to the top of it that the the sun beak will attack stuff and you attack stuff oh, cool. it's like it like just changes how you get around that world for the better it makes any side quest better because you can just kind of fly to those points and i know you can fast travel pretty easily in that game but it just opens it up in such a cool way that it really makes the world much more fun to explore um and that goes into the idea that the reason I enjoyed Halo Infinite so much is you had that hookshot mechanic that yeah. just made exploring it fun. The reason that I think this game works now is because the Sunbeak along with the glider just gives you that extra little bit of free range roaming that that makes it a lot more fun. I got a question for you. Uh, so I've, I've not beaten Horizon. Um, so I've not like gotten to that point. Is it the kind of thing that is so fun that it's like, yo, why did they not give this to me until now? Because um, to me, it seems like I would probably like traversing that world a lot more if I could ride a pterodactyl. Obviously, I would miss a lot of the stuff that's on the ground and a lot of the work that went into that. But if you introduce that sort of thing where it's like really cool and really fun, then why keep it until the end? I think it would, in fact, kind of lessen the beginning of the game. Because I think for the, the part of that beginning of that game is that you are exploring this new area very slowly and if you just had the free range to like from the beginning fly to the whole map and fly in every part of it um either they would have made the invisible wall issue come up in which you can't progress this far far 
Um, or it just kind of like cheapens the exploration part of it. Like the first time you get to San Francisco is a pretty big moment um, in the game. Sure. Like story wise. Yeah. And if you take that away and you could just fly there from the very beginning, that that ruins that moment. And it mm-hmm. also ruins a couple of the things like tall necks. Um, yeah, yeah. Pro tip, if you don't need the tall necks, just wait till you get the pterodactyl. <laughs> Because you can literally just like float you just fly on to top, the top of any right? of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I th- I think there are two of the six. One is in um a uh, one of those gauntlets. The other one yeah. is like broken underwater that you have to fix. So you still have to like do the puzzles and stuff that way. Um and uh like I I I think the option to have the 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 sun beacon fly into it's cool. I just don't know if from the beginning it would be mm-hmm. the right choice. It like you yeah, feel and it really would ruin the story moment because there I again not ruining the story moment, but there's a story moment involving that that you just feel like a flipping badass. And like it is probably again one of the top like moments in games that I'm like, all right, Aloy, you got you got you got this. Like I can only imagine sure. what everyone thinks of her. Like literally, she probably appears to be a god to everyone um as this like last story moment happens. And it's a really strong story moment. Cool. Cool. Um, and the, in terms of the story, holy shit! That like the way the story just wraps up is great. Um, and uh, spoiler alert: uh, there'll probably be another game coming out. Um, oh. And how they set everything up, um, I am really interested as to what is happening next in the game. Next man is Horizon Call of the Mountain. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, I that mean, VR game. I, 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 I assume it's not following her story. Oh, I, like, I, I, I would doubt it. And I think part yeah. of the thing that they could do with this next, um, uh, this next thing is p- potentially East Coast side of things because, hmm. um, there's still a bunch of, of things that you need to find, and and I would say an East Coast version would be good. But they also have a like a a, a tribe that came from overseas. I'm assuming like Japan, uh, Asia territories. Um, that they basically create this whole like ship fleet uh, that they come over to uh, look at the Forbidden West. Um, and I'm assuming that if you go to that side of the map too, that could be pretty interesting if you get some yeah. more like... Um, go elsewhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. to get another flavor about how these tribes are different um, other than just what they were like in America. Dang, cool, cool. Um, let me talk about... My open world game that I've been playing, Elden Ring. <laughs> last week I said, uh, <laughs> last week I was like, I wanted to have it beaten by the time we talked. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't. And I thought I was right on the end. Uh, I wasn't. I was like in one of the final areas, but I was not like, I thought I had like an hour left. No, I had like another 10 hours left. Yeah. Always. Um, always. I haven't beaten it. I am 99.99999% of the way there the last fucking boss of this game i can't do oh you're on the last boss i am on the last boss so last night i was hanging out with my mom for a little bit and i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go play some games and she starts and, calling you a noob for not beating <laughs> well, and, she's, and she's like she's like oh okay but you know that's fine uh and i was like no no no, because Elden ring has been in the news re- quite a bit recently uh, and so she sends me articles whenever she finds them uh which is cute oh that's actually adorable I know. and so i was like i was like Oh no! I'm gonna go finish Elden Ring. Which if I if I finish it, like that will be, that's the kind of thing that I'm gonna like keep on my like gaming. Like that's a notch on the gaming belt. Like oh, I beat Elden Ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And so she's like, "What are you doing up here with me? Like go, like go finish this. Go finish this." I'm like, All right, fine. So at about ten o'clock, um, 
I guess like spoilers, like it's not story spoilers. It's just, I guess like the way the game concludes, it concludes with four boss fights kind of all in a row. Um, there are bond, not bonfires, sites of grace after the first one and after the second one. And then the last two, you have to beat back to back. I can beat the first one, but I just cannot beat the final boss. And I was like looking up like tips on how to do it. And like, it's not that I'm missing anything. It's just that I need to just do it. So I, from 10 PM until 1230 AM, I tried couldn't do it and i was like i was like am i really gonna go to bed like frustrated and mad and having not completed this and i was like yeah because at this point like it's diminishing returns like i'm getting more tired and i'm like getting like increasingly more frustrated with this like i just gotta i gotta put it down and come back so we'll see man now is there any way to power yourself up um to like make that easier or are you kind of locked in a certain place uh no like i could go grind more um, but it's gotten to the point where I need 120,000 runes to level up. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and like there are some grinding spots. I've got a decent grinding spot in Kalid, um, but it's not like like that is going to be. If if I am going to grind, I'm going to have to grind for another like like hour or two to get you know four or five levels up, which is maybe not how I want to spend my time. Yeah, um, I mean, I, 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 I think this game is really interesting, and I can talk about like me playing in a second. But this morning, Ooh. I listened to a new video from Girlfriend Reviews, except it was a, yes, it was Boyfriend Reviews, and yeah, I watched that one. Yeah, he's basically saying how his his girlfriend uh, oh suddenly wanted to play Elden Ring, and he was so excited that he let her do it. Um, and he makes this argument in it about how there is an easy mode in this game. And it's not in the settings, it's in with how you play the game. Whether it's the summons you do, um, or the kind of build you do, or the spells you do. Like, there's a way to make the game easier through that. Um, And, ironically enough, they patched out a lot of those things that make it easier. (laughs) Yeah, they did. (laughs) Um, But, I don't know, I think think that's easier, that, that, not easier, that's interesting that, that, that's the argument, and I think that's the argument we always make with accessibility about how you give the players the options, and if you want to be that badass who's just like, oh, I'm going to beat the game without using any of these easy modes, you can still do it, and if yeah. you want to be that person, you can do it, um, but they still have avenues to make the game easier. Um, yeah. Ha- have you looked at anything online about optimizing your build to make it easier to get through that or anything like that? Uh, yes. And, and I I think it's worth pointing out too. I watched that video as well. Uh, I actually took a lot of issue with how he, he talked about a lot of the things in the game and the way that he was talking about like, oh, there is an easy mode. You just have to use summons and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that can make it easier, but that's part of the game. I, I thought it was, I didn't think it was particularly well worded. Um, and I found it to be very like, well, I'm going to beat it without using all of that, <laughs> which just like it rubbed me the wrong way. But uh, yes, I've looked into like optimizing my build and stuff. I actually went and there's a way to respec your character, uh, which is I, cool. Yes, uh, it's not unlocked until I don't know, like a third of the way into the game, uh, and you can only do it. You need like specific items, and there is a limited amount of them. Um, but I went and I actually respect my character and I just took, I, I didn't put like a lot of points into magic and stuff. I'm using a, uh, great sword, 
uh, and shield. So I'm using I'm having a dex and strength build where like my whole thing was if I can hit you hard, I do will not need a lot of health and um, I will not be using like a lot of spells because I'm wearing heavy armor so I can take a hit, um, but I, I can reduce the actually amount of times I need to hit you. Um, and so I respect by just taking all the points I put into other things and just put them into strength, uh, uh, vigor or whatever it's called, vitality and dexterity so that I was dealing the most possible damage. Um, because I, I don't need that intelligence to wield the weapon I'm using, um, which is fully leveled up and everything. So yeah, I like, I'm having a hard time with it. I'm using a summon. There's a really good summon, um, that just straight up spawns a second version of you. It's like all the armor and weapons you have. It just spawns that. Um, they did so, like, nerf that, that in the recent update. They did. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw. Um, so like, I'm just, I'm having a really hard time with the final boss. And on top of that, like I can beat that for the first boss, the first final boss. And then the second one, uh, I'll get into it and then it will do a move that kills me instantly. And it's like, Oh, well I didn't, really get a good chance to learn any of the patterns here oh so you have to like what's that you have to redo each one every time you die yeah so yeah so the last two bosses you have to beat back to back <gasps> yeah <gasps> and, and like and like what? the first that first boss i'm beating like 70 percent of the time and then the other 30 percent, they either kill me instantly because they have like some if i'm being honest complete bullshit moves <laughs> um I mean, and or or they will completely like and I guess this is good because you don't like you want a game to keep you on your toes. But like it will start the fight in a bunch of different ways, but like not super consistently. So it'll be the way that I'm expecting, like, you know, 90 percent of the time. And then that 10 percent, it just starts by just completely wrecking my shit. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, I didn't. Re- oh, <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> oh, that's what we're doing. OK. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm going to beat it. I have to beat it. I have to beat it, but you don't have to do anything. I have to. I can't oh, walk okay. away from this. Yeah, you're right. Oh, got it. Sorry. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I signed a contract with Miyazaki. I have to beat this. Oh, wow. Um, Strong. Yeah. So uh, I hope I can get that done this week. We will see. Well, you, I'm just watching a range of emotions from you uh, during this segment. <laughs> well, I was just like, I was thinking like, Yo, I can't show up two weeks in a row and be like, so I'm going to beat Elden. I was <laughs> going to beat Elden Ring, uh, but I, I am here saying that. So once, once we're done, that's that's what I'm working on. But So, yeah, I started Elden Ring. Um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I like it. I think the this is, in my opinion, it's just my own my own little, little poor boy's opinion here, the yeah. definitive Dark Souls game. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. And I think it's the definitive Dark Souls game because it is a game that you still have a guide to it, but it's open enough that you're able to truly like conquer difficult moments in the way that you want to. Yeah. Um, so uh we we talked, I think, in a previous one, you, you mentioned how they have like the the sites of grace. What are those things called? The yeah. Sites of Grace. Sites of Grace that the key ones will like direct you to the next site of grace, right? Mm-hmm. They have like a, in the map you go there, there's like a, a line that points you to the next one. So I started the game, but my sole goal was to follow those, right? Yeah. That's all I was doing. 
What I didn't realize is that there was one of them that I thought was pointing me towards another one. However, it was a little bit off. So instead of me going to the right one, I went to one that I should go to probably much later in my playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> so I like missed the, the critical path and I sort of get to areas that were not impossible, but like definitely beyond what I was and like harder than I was. But I didn't realize it yet. I just like, oh, the game's scaling and I want to keep doing these like this, this path and going here. Till eventually I got to the place that has the finger monsters we were talking about. And those finger monsters, like, literally, when I was, like, attacking you them. You got there? Yeah. <laughs> so you went real far north. Yeah. And and because I just missed one of the sites of grace that took me on this whole path. Um, so I went far north, got to the finger places. And then when I started to attack the big ones, it was, like, literally a fingernail of damage to them. Dang. Um, and I was like, okay, I had to have missed something. So then I like went back and like started like exploring. I'm like, oh shit, like this one I totally missed. It was right there. Kind of, I missed the what's the castle? That first castle you get to. It's like Stormville. Yeah, I basically like missed Stormville Castle. Um, so then I went back and I started through Stormville Castle, beat that first story boss that you get right at the gate of it. Um, and I am currently going through Stormville Castle. I'm probably about ten hours into the game. Dang. Um, and uh, I, th- I like that because I had this great experience of just traveling through the map. Um, and I was just, you know, avoiding certain enemies, fighting enemies I know I could do, slowly leveling up, getting the golden seeds to upgrade the amount of flasks I have, getting things to upgrade the, the, the potency of it. And, like... Even when you're doing something wrong, you can make progress in that game. Even when you're in an area that you're way over uh, under leveled for, you can make progress in that game by just kind of running through the area and trying to get items and like doing yeah. whatever you can. Um, so you don't feel like you're you're forced into beating something. And when I'm at Sorville Castle, that same thing applies. And like there's that current like you know they have in in a traditional dark souls game you have all these shortcuts in a dungeon that gets you back to a a site of grace or a bonfire really easily Mm -hmm. this one you can literally just jump on rooftops go off the path they want you to to traverse the stormville castle and get further in that castle not going the critical path they want so if there's a, a mini boss that you can't beat or an enemy type that's too hard for you to go. You can just kind of avoid them and get through the castle and make progress on the castle by going your own way. And I think the real thing that like kind of ch- is a game changer in this um, is the jump button. And yep, I know totally. like people will be like, "Oh, there's a jump button in every Dark Souls game." Okay, yeah, you gotta like no, sprint and like tap <laughs> the circle not. and like it's not built in the mechanic. But this one, like, I don't want to say it breaks the game in a way. Um, but it changes the game that you can really think about how you want to get through your own path to get to places. Yes. And it fu- it's funny because when you think you're doing something the game doesn't want you to, they will put an item in that spot being like, oh, so they do think people are going to do this. They do think people are going right. to jump on these rooftops to get to this one small room that you can only access by jumping here and almost dying and get to getting this this one item. Um, and I think that's just a lot a lot of fun. Um, my critique with the game is it's still Dark Souls. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, it's whatever. It's it's uh, it's a good Dark Souls. It's, in my opinion, the best Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a Dark Souls game. And, like, let's pretend I, like, get, like, I run up into the Stormvale Castle and, like, I just, like, get frustrated with it. Um, 
I, I can still like level it up, but it's like go back and like leave the castle, level up other places and come back more powerful. But it's still like a Dark Souls game in that thing yeah. that in order for me to progress the story, I eventually have to beat that. So I don't think the game is necessarily revolutionary. I really don't agree that the open world is like the best open world of all time um, hmm. kind of discussion. I think the open world is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think how you get around it, it's missing that hookshot <laughs> or it's missing. Yes. Yes, that, I agree. Um, that that traversal mechanic to really kind of like make it fun to explore the world. And I hate to say it, but like literally a hookshot would have changed how I view this open world. You have, you have the horse, right? Yeah. Okay. You get the yeah. double jump which, on the horse. It, it, which is good. And, yeah. and yeah. the fact that you summon it and you're on it is good that you don't have to like find it and get on it. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Um, I agree. I would agree with you. So, like, I, I think the cool thing is how dense the game is. And maybe the argument is how dense the open world is about mm-hmm. how big it's massive. I have only just scratched the surface of of this open world. And it feels like I could go in a multiple different directions and I will get to a new looking place or a new feeling place or a new whatever. Um, have you been teleported anywhere yet? Not yet. So what's going to happen to you at some point? can't wait is you are going to be teleported away somewhere and like there are different like teleportation spots around the world um and you're gonna go okay where am i and you're gonna open the map and you're like it goes all All the way way here here. (laughs) yeah Yeah. it, it, it is kind of insane i i guess i i i did get teleported to the round table area Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but like not to like another thing. And I think that's kind of cool, too, because I was looking at uh, I, I, in the distance. I saw this castle. So I'm like, I'm going to walk to this castle, see what's going on here. And then I got to the edge of the map and the castle was just like literally I could not get to that castle. It was on a mm-hmm. plateau thing way far out of where I could like jump or fly. And I was like, oh, so th- there must be a way to get there somehow. I don't know how that is. Maybe teleportation, right. maybe underground, maybe whatever. Um, but uh like I again, I, I think it is so cool with how big the world is and how much stuff there is in it. And I think it is like I, I think I was wrong in assuming that it wasn't like a traditional Dark Souls game. It's just the scope of a traditional Dark Souls game in terms of how you get around the map is just so much bigger. And you can yeah. really go anywhere at any point. Yes. Um, but uh it, it's cool. I like it. It's it's a good game. I still like Horizon better. Um, I sure. do like that that little like friendly icon guiding me to where I can go. Yes. One of the cool things that they did in this update, the recent <laughs> update for Elden Ring, yeah, is show you where the um, uh, shopkeepers are and the people yeah. are. Um, and people were complaining about that. But I still think like it gives you just enough. And I mean, they still like name like places you go. They still name the bonfires. So it's not like people were upset about that as if they were turning the map into the Horizon Forbidden right. West map, which is just peppered with icon. Like, no, it's just like one guy and then four miles away, is some lady and then six miles away from her is a shopkeeper. Like, it's not like it's super right. densely populated. Right, uh, right. It did make a lot of the effort I had done marking up the map with all of the different characters and remembering where they were <laughs> completely useless. Yeah. 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 Um, but what can you do? Yeah. Hey, good game. Um, I, I think, uh, if you, if you like souls games, you will like this. If you like action adventure games, you will like this more than souls games. I think like, like more than a traditional souls game. If yep. you're someone who doesn't like a challenge, you will not like this game. 
That is correct. So, and um, I'm just hoping that I can beat that final boss. <laughs> uh, both of us seem to have played a little bit of Mario Kart this week. I did. Is it surprising that I said both of us because I purchased Mario Kart Eight? Oh wait, I did it. Oh my god, I didn't even like like realize the whoa shit. Okay, t- yeah. talk to me about this. How did it happen? What happened? Go on. Uh, it was March 10th last week. It right, was. I guess, so maybe this was, <laughs> was March 10th. two weeks yeah. ago. It was At March one point, 10th. yeah. And the game was $30. And I said to Elena, do you have any interest in playing Mario Kart? And she's like, I have a lot of interest in playing Mario Kart. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it because uh, this game never goes on sale and it's currently $20 off. So I bought it. We played it a little bit. Uh, and then also, apparently, all the DLC came out. Yeah. <laughs> or or yeah, the I, first, I, like, eight I, courses. I, see, I, I didn't even re- realize the gravity of you buying it because I figured you were just, like, playing it like I did this week to, like, test out the the new courses. But, nope, you just started from the beginning. Didn't even know. Didn't yep. even know that they came up. And I was looking on Twitter. And I was like, man, are people always just talking about Mario Kart? <laughs> uh, no, Wouldn't the answer is be surprised, is, to no. be honest. So you dipped into the new the DLC courses. I did. But before that, how did, what, what do you think of it? Do you like it? What's going on? How... how, how it's a Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yeah. I like Mario Kart. Uh, I I bought it because it's a fun game to play with Elena, and we've been playing a decent amount of Mario Party um, Superstar. We we I mean, I, we've had we've been doing that for like a while. Yeah, um, since like November or so. So yeah, so um, it's just another fun little little game for us to play. And um, I mean, I've played Mario Kart eight before. Uh, like that is you know like one of the party games to to pick up and play yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that is that is kind of it. I mean, I I don't really have anything to say other than it's fun. It's Mario Kart, but yeah. it's, it does not occupy any space in my mind. My my big critique, because uh, I played all the new courses. Um, my big critique is that it's Mario Kart, right? It's yep. like nothing new, and literally, mm-hmm. it's not new because it's just like old courses reimagined to a certain yeah. point. And I think like one of the things that's a little bit annoying is like, first of all, the the most uh, memorable Mario Kart for me is Mario Kart 64. Like, all those yes. courses and stuff like that. That's the one I put the most time in, followed by Double Dash. Yep. And uh, they had one... Uh, so they had eight new courses released for the expansion pack, which I have for free because I have the expansion... Oh, no. They have a D- DLC that only eight new courses of the... How many more are they doing? Uh, 64? Two more years of it. So, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Mean, like, yeah. Um, so they have eight new courses released and they're all remakes of other versions and like reimaginings of other versions. And I think it's important to, rem- to to note that they are not just the original versions with better graphics. They are like new, yeah, new courses. Um, so I played uh, uh, Coco Mountain, Choco Mountain, Ch- Choco Mountain, Choco Mountain. Ch- Choco, I'm going to say. And so this is like an iconic course. Um, it was like one of the courses that I watched a whole hour a documentary about the speed run for it <laughs> about like people like on the 64 this, version they were trying to jump over something yeah, yeah yeah okay okay i i think i've watched that too <laughs> yeah it's like it's like an hour of them like learning how to jump over pixels yeah. it's amazing whatever but so this you cannot do that speed run on this version of it because it's very different it's oh, the same idea some similar like sight lines but like they add a whole bunch of different mechanics a whole bunch of different jumps a whole d- bunch of different like things to the course so they're all different and I think the problem with that is that they just have this like Mario Kart 8 sheen over them instead of yeah. being like really those traditional courses that you can go back to and replay again. Um, and because of that, it doesn't feel like I'm playing uh, Choco Mountain. It feels like I'm playing 
any level with a different skin in Mario Kart 8. Yeah. So I there's definitely positives to that, but for someone who was like hoping to get that nostalgic feeling of playing that course again with better graphics, it's not the same course. Um, sure. And I think that plays for all of these courses. The cool thing is that they're actually putting Mario Kart Tour courses into the game. That's the phone one, right? Yes. Yes, it is. So, like, courses that you really could never play in a traditional, like, stick control uh, format, you can now play. And they got some cool ones. Like, one of them, you're in Paris, and you literally fly under the, the Eiffel Tower. Another one, you're in Tokyo and, like, going through the, the high-speed highways of, of uh, Tokyo. Um, so there's definitely some cool stuff in here. Uh, and the one thing I really like is, I don't know how many of the courses do this, but a lot of these courses, like, mix it up every lap or two. So, for example, hmm. the Paris Promenade level, you are not just doing the same circuit every lap. They change it for the third lap, so it's completely different of where you go. And I think the, That's cool, cool. the thing I like that is it just kind of makes that it doesn't make the race just like doing the same thing over and over again every lap. It like just makes it unique enough that the whole race is interesting and the whole race is different. And you can't just fall into this like mindless. All right, I'm going to turn left here, turn right here. It, it, it just keeps you enough uh, vigilant enough that it makes racing in those courses interesting and not mm -hmm. repetitive. Mm -hmm. um, and I know uh, Mario Kart 8 has, has experimented a lot with this about having like courses that are not just like a lap thing. It's like a really long course, like that snow course. I forget the name of it. That you start yeah, at the top of like the mountain downhill. and you yeah. go downhill. And they've done a lot of stuff like that in the past. But several of these courses did have that kind of like mix up that just makes makes it ever so slightly replayable um, in yeah. a good way. So overall, my review of this, is it worth it? If you're playing Mario Kart every day and you're sick of it, you can spend $25 to, to add some more stuff to it. Yeah. But it's just more Mario Kart 8. <laughs> but if you've got that... Expansion it, pass. Expansion pass, it comes courtesy free. of that. So. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool. Uh, I don't know if and when I'm going to dip into that, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, essentially, it, it like by the end of this two year shtick, it's going to double the courses of Mario Kart. Right? Yeah, which it's is going to awesome. be huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah. Justin, I've been playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Oh, she's so um, tiny. So on Hitbox Day of this week, part of the embargo for the game will be lifted, so I can talk about the very early hours of it. But um, in short, it is. I don't really like Borderlands that much. I tried to get into Borderlands 3 at the beginning of the pandemic when me and my friends were trying to find a game to play together. We ultimately ended on Apex. Um, but I played Borderlands 3 and I was like, I liked that first one when I was younger. Is this something I'm into? And the answer was a resounding no. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I've been doing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands for work and I am happy to inform you that it's actually pretty good. Oh, okay. So what makes it different than a traditional Borderlands game? Um, okay, so it's important to note that Borderlands traditionally is rated M. Tiny Tina is rated T, which means that you are getting rid of a lot of the, like, shit humor that was in those games, you know what I mean? Uh, which I just do not roll with really at all. Uh, so, like, it's still funny, or it still does a lot of like comedy, but it is not like that kind of like bro humor that I just don't care for. Um, 
and it's very character based. And the three actors who mainly uh, who, who are like the main characters are so you have Tiny Tina, which is um, oh man, what's her name? She plays Aloy. Uh, 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 I should know uh, this, but yeah, um, I definitely, definitely do know this. And Ashley Birch. Answer, Ashley Birch, yes. Ashley Birch, top of my head. Had it, didn't have to <laughs> right look there, yeah. anything up. Uh, so Ashley Birch voices Tina. One of the other characters is voiced by Wanda Sykes. She is a TV movie actress. Um, she's really good. And then the other person in your party is voiced by Andy Samberg. And Love a guy. I mean, Justin. Hot Rod, w- best movie of all time. Justin, when I hear Andy Samberg talk, it's just you. It's just you. <laughs> that is the highest um, compliment you can you can give me. And then the villain is fucking Will Arnett. Hell it's like, yeah. <laughs> and 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 I always have this like thing when like traditional TV movie actors, so like you know the three of them, Wanda Sykes, Andy Samberg, Will Arnett. Like whenever those sorts of people voice characters in like a video game, I, I always get worried because it's like oh they're I'm worried they're gonna phone this in. Cause it's like, you know, not real acting or whatever, you know, like, I don't think that, but to me, that's what uh, my perception of, of like how other people perceive gaming, I think is, mm. but they are not phoning it in at all. In Hell fact, yeah. they're all like really into it and really good in it. Uh, the only character that I don't like is the main character. Uh, the, like you're a silent protagonist when you're not. Mm, okay. Let me say it like this. You're a silent protagonist in the actual story, but your character has a voice where they like do quips, but they only have like eight quips. Um, and they're not particularly very funny. Yeah. Uh, and they say them all the time. Cause there's only like eight of them, but, uh, it's, it is a cute game that tells a, a nice little dungeons and dragons story, um, using uh, borderlands mechanics. So it's kind of fun. So is the humor, the big difference for you, or is the gameplay any different from a traditional borderlands game? Um, so it also changes things up with the gameplay where like it's still a shooter and all that. But um, instead of like just being dropped into a big open world and having to traverse it with like a car or something like that, you have smaller areas and they're connected by like um, an, uh they're like connected by this big like game board. And then you move around the game board and then you like load into the areas and out in the game world, like on the game board. There's like a handful of stuff t- of things to do. Like you can get uh, quests and there's like random encounters and stuff, but it just, it changes it up enough so that you're not just like in this one same giant world. Um, and j- like the story framing is just, is very fun um, where there's like sort of a constant narration going on as Tina is like, she's the DM. Um, and, and as she's like explaining what's going to happen and, and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's fun. And then there's also like a meta story happening outside of that uh which i think is kind of cool yeah i i'm interested to play this the the issue becomes literally literally so much shit is out in this next like couple weeks here that like my my backlog is if i only had a backlog for the past two weeks is overwhelmingly just out of my ability to keep up with it but the fact that this drops on the same day as Ghostwire Tokyo <sighs> and Kirby, and then before that we had obviously Final Fantasy Stranger Paradise, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, and then Elden Ring and Horizon, like it's it's unrelenting and un tunic and like un it's it, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yes, this is not a game I was planning on picking up, but uh, I'm not upset that I am playing it. Good, good, cool, awesome. Um, yeah. To be honest, I really am. Now I'm thinking about it. 
and uh, probably going to uh, dust off my uh, Google Stadia version <laughs> of it. Uh, More power to you, my man. Broken human being, I am. More power to you. Uh, Let's do a real quick Metacritic roundup. So, two games came out this week um, that have Metacritic scores. We're going to start. And both of them are by Open Critic Picks BTW. Yes, for our fantasy league. Uh, We're going to start with the smaller one. Tunic released this little game, Zelda like. Where you play as a little fox, and it has a. By the way, Metacritic, obviously, again, the end all be all for yeah, knowing if yeah. a video game is good because it gives you know a numerical score. And there's and what's great about numerical scores is that there's no nuance, and that it is just metric saying this is good, this is bad. Uh, you don't need to think about it uh, any any harder than it is presented. <laughs> Metacritic <laughs> score for Tunic, eighty five. Um, seems like people are really liking this. That it is a it is more of an obtuse zelda game than maybe zelda games usually are because there's no like straight up english in it like it's all in this like sort of little fantasy language um and it has that nice sense of exploration and it is uh, a cute looking game it's on game pass which is where i might pick it up I, I don't know how much time i'll have to play it but yeah so i think the cool thing about this game is it is essentially like a big puzzle yeah and you learn a bunch of stuff through these instruction notes that you get throughout the world. So there, you you find this random instruction thing and it's in a different language, but they have like images to it that you can start to like understand like, oh, if I go here, I can do this to do this thing to me. Mm-hmm. And they don't really tell you any of that stuff from the beginning of the game and you have to kind of find it yourself. But what that means is, say at the beginning of the game, you are at this door that you can't open and you're like, all right, I'm probably gonna get a key or something later or an ability. You go play the game, you find the instruction book, and then you realize, like, shit, actually, I, from the very beginning of the game, could open that door or get through Mm -hmm. that obstacle. You just didn't know it. You could. Um, It is, like, literally the the closest comparison I can think of from looking at uh, parts of this game. It's like the original Zelda stuff that the, uh, the old school Zelda, you're dropped in this world, you can go anywhere, you can do anything. There is, like, a critical path and a critical direction to go. Um, but really, you can just, if you know, you can go and do whatever you want, whenever you want, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I think the thing that that scares me a little about this game is the story is very obtuse. Yeah. Um, uh, people are making comparisons to uh, Zelda, Dark Souls, and one that I think really kind of fits in my head is Death's Door. I was going to say, this seems a little bit like that. But the thing that I loved about Death's Door was how simple that story was, but how Very good that story was, yeah. and how you get story beats in that game that completely change like boss encounters and boss battles, like uh, the 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 that one boss fight in Death's Door that you're fighting against that person who's supposed to be helping you. You thought oh, was helping you. Oh, it's actually a really good moment. It's, it's a really great moment, and. Again, I haven't played this game to like make that comment about if this game does that, but mm-hmm. I don't think that if you have this very ambiguous type of game, you're going to get those same story beats that along with the gameplay and the exploration of Death's Door was like awesome for me. So, yeah. To me, I'm going to be comparing it directly to Death's Door, which is one of my favorite games of last year, and I don't know if this is going to reach those levels, but it's on Game Pass. It was just announced at that ID Xbox uh, event. Um, I, I think I will definitely be playing this game, uh, at least previewing this game, um, and maybe even finishing it if I like it. Once I uh, have my 
fill on Elden Ring. <laughs> yes, 100%. The other game here, Metacritic Roundup. Uh, S-O-P-F-F-O, a.k.a. Stranger of Paradise, Final <laughs> Fantasy Origin. Oh, what a mouthful, huh? On Metacritic, 72. Ooh, ooh, gasps. It, it's gasps for the open critic drafts, but I don't feel like a 72 is a bad score. No, that's actually like... That's for what, for what this game like looked like, this that's actually probably best case scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah, so b- people are citing a, a lot of the things we've talked about with it, where it is stupid and like the combat is is flashy but um basically people are saying like it's really stupid three out of ten and then there are other people being like it's really stupid eight out of ten and then from what i'm hearing it's really stupid but then there's stuff that happens in the story that makes it make sense why it's so stupid and it kind of changes the story by the end um and i think it totally makes sense there's clearly some sort of amnesia shit going on with this game um, and I think some of like the, the joke, I think we were talking about last week was how the three of them meet the three main characters. It's basically yeah. like, Oh, your thing is vibrating. You want to kill chaos. Yeah. You want to kill chaos. Cool. Let's become friends. <laughs> like it's like literally so stupid like that. Yeah. But apparently there's a reason for that in the story. Um, and I hate to like, be like, well, you got to play it for 15 hours and get to the end of it right, to make right. it all make sense. But, um, yeah, I don't know what uh, like with, with that score. What are you thinking about this game? Where's your headspace at? I mean, I want to play it. The problem is, I don't know if I'm gonna have time to play it between this week and next week when um, Kirby comes out and Ghostwire Tokyo comes out. Additionally, I don't know if I want to play this immediately after playing Elden Ring. Yep. Um, I think I'm gonna wait, push this off until about summertime when when releases maybe slow down. This is a game I want to try. Uh, it looks bonkers <laughs> um and and basically everything i've read about it and seen from it sort of re affirms that that is <laughs> what, what it is, game is. <laughs> um but yeah i i have not uh i'm not going to be playing this i think for a for a minute so i finished uh, horizon on monday and i was mm-hmm. like all right i need a new game um so i put up a twitter poll and i think like like three people uh voted for it uh for me to play stranger paradise that was one of the options it was gta 5 which i owned stranger paradise which i had the demo downloaded for um and i would buy if it was if i was going to play it and then elden ring so stranger paradise won the poll and i started playing the demo and i was really excited because i was like okay the the progress is going to carry over so i'm not going to waste my time playing this demo and i'll be able to tell if i like it or not and then turns out you're not really playing the game. They basically, you start off in this like tutorial mode, then you get to this castle area, you meet a couple characters, and then basically they ha- they have this like text screen being like, so you go to this first world <laughs> and beat these three people, and then you yep. come back to the palace. Um, and then you essentially play the same freaking chaos dungeon that you've done in the last two versions. So it's more or less the same demo from before. Yeah. But certain things will carry over. And in addition to that, they, I don't know if they changed the combat necessarily, but they have a lot larger focus on like a combo system with your moves. So it's like, like if you're comparing it to a Dark Souls game, it is sort of like there's, 
you have different move, like different abilities that you use, mm-hmm. um, and your different weapons you can like change on the fly. Like you can equip two different weapons at any given time, and the weapons like change up your combat abilities like significantly. Changes up your special moves, changes up all this stuff. But there's also a focus on combos, like light, light, strong, light, and that will do a move that takes MP. Got it. Cool. So it is much more combo based than I think what 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 Dark Souls does. And it's also like, I don't know, uh, not, to me, the game changed in my mind when all of a sudden they started putting these combo moves forward. Because Mm -hmm. if you want to use special moves and unlock special moves, you have to do these combos. And it just, I don't know. I, I played the first temple, I beat Chaos again, and I got through it and I was like, I just want to play Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the changes are good if you're sick of 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 the soul style combat after you beat Elden Ring. But when you're putting the two together, Elden Ring Souls combat is better than Stranger yeah. Paradise. That's fair. And I think it's definitely quicker paced, more action based, um, less uh, emphasis on losing souls and, and leveling up that way than mm-hmm. uh, Elden Ring is. But I don't know. Ultimately, playing through that first thing again uh, for the third time, BTW, I was just kind of done with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I will eventually buy this game. And I hate to say this because I always talk about de- like supporting developers. I will buy this game when it's on sale, maybe later in this year. Yeah. But right now, I could not justify in my brain finishing playing this game after doing the the demo again. There, there's just. Uh, there's just too much going on right too now. Too much going on right now, and I was, it was uh, well, I don't know if we were on the the recording this or not. Too much to think about. Like, uh, I want to be playing Elden Ring right now, <laughs> right? Yes, and that will ruin the game for me if I keep. That's thinking not the about way that. to play it, right, right? Exactly, exactly. You know what, Justin? Let's put a pin in this and return to it. Let's say like May, May or when, June. It, when it goes on its first summer sale. It's or, E3 like, sale. Like when things start winding down with you with you for school or something, you let me know. I will pick this up alongside you, and we All can right. talk about it on the show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. So, Stranger Paradise, you will get your due, but it won't be for another month or so. And I have to Maybe play it, because I made, this, I made this bet with my goal with myself that yeah. any game on my open critic draft, I have to play. Oh, that's kind of fun. That's yeah. kind of cute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Let's talk about some news real quick here. We oh, Wow. We talked about games for a while. <laughs> There's a lot of games um, going on, man. A lot, a lot of, of games new games, on. too. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. Uh, Starfield. There was a dev diary sort of update for Starfield. Um, that just introduced some of the like factions of the game. Um, and you had Bethesda talking a little bit about how they wanted to make um, its characters more lifelike. And um, they want to put like the game is going to have the, and this is a quotation from them, like grounded exploration. Um and they described it as NASA punk, which I think is kind of fun. <laughs> I love um, it. I love it. Yeah. And I think I think that description like certainly catches my eye because it's like, yo, I've never like I'm trying to think if I if I could even name something that could be like that. Wally, maybe. Uh, but that sort of turns like Apple punk uh, <laughs> towards the towards the end there. Um, but you, you sort of know what I mean. Uh, the, the one thing sort of that a lot of people are taking away from this, apart from the concept art and and stuff like that, is that they did talk about, um, uh, like 
they talked about its its dialogue and how they um, compared it to the conversation system that was used in Oblivion. Now, persuasion in Oblivion, a lot of people remember it as being like you're feeding characters pie because you get these like it, it a pie chart shows up on screen. And then like that sort of tells you like your percentage chances for like convincing them of things and stuff. I like that comparison. I like that. It's interesting that Bethesda would be like, we're going back to the system using oblivion or, or repurposing it or whatever, because that system is like, not like fondly remembered. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's something that when people talk about oblivion, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you remember this? This was so wild that they did this because it did not work. <laughs> it was not like a very good system. So I'll be interested to see, how they make use of that. But uh, what what do you think about all of this? I, uh, this might be me just being hopeful, but Mm -hmm. like, it sounds like with all this stuff, like they're really going to be giving us what cyberpunk promised us. Potentially. Yeah, I, I can see, I can see that. And I have more faith in Bethesda to do this than I did with CD project red. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so as well. And like, so they talked about the factions and how basically you have three starter factions to choose from. You have your um, like space republic people. You have your Western uh, uh, outlander people. And then you have your corporate big business people that you can choose from. Yeah. With like a, an extra space pirate one you can choose to do. So, um, and each one starts with a different type of story, like very similar to what, again, Cyberpunk promised. Mm-hmm. Um, would be really unique and interesting. But again, after that first like 30 minutes, it was the same no matter what you did. So maybe they will really have these like really big out uh, like branching systems that really the, what you start with completely changes what your game is other than just like flavored text like like Cyberpunk did. I think the conversation system could be interesting because I think like having that persuas- persuasion system essentially makes dialogue options more interactive than it mm-hmm. just being like the let's go to horizon it's your brain your heart your whatever it was fist. yeah your fist your anger <laughs> yeah. um that really has zero impact on right. the ultimate game or what your aloy is um but maybe this will be more open and i think the, the developers were talking about how there's not a right choice ever in this game mm-hmm. which a lot of people say as a strength of a game like the Witcher, how there's not a good or bad option to a lot of these quests in the game. It's kind of like you have to evaluate and you have to make that choice. What do you think the best option is? And I think that just makes it more interesting because I don't know about you. When I'm playing a video game, I either make that choice about I'm going to be a good character or a bad character from the beginning. And I stick with that. It's never like I'm going to be the shades of gray character because most games who have those options don't, don't reward, reward you, you for that. that. Right. Yeah. If anything, it hurts you to do that because you miss out on upgrades or story beats and things like that. So maybe this game really, truly will be one of those games that you are the gray area and the whole game is really the way you want to do it other than having a very like basic good and bad option. So I don't know. I think the way they talked about it sounds awesome. But the few images I saw of it, of your new companion characters, this game looks like it's still far off. It looks well, like that's the, the thing, right? Yeah. Like, there's not... We don't have gameplay for this right, yet. Right, right. And it's coming out in eight months. That's peculiar. And 
not maybe super reassuring for right. people who may or may not have drafted it in their fantasy critic league. Who would that be? Uh, unclear. <laughs> but like, <laughs> apart from that, it is also like, hey, we got to see this soon. And, you know, obviously we'll see it at E3. Like, I would say that that is not a doubt in anyone's mind. But the fact that that might be our first time seeing it and then we won't really see and then we potentially might not really see it until later, uh, until it actually comes out. Like, that does not instill confidence i think in people who are hopeful for this game but yeah yep but hey i am super hopeful it better be on game pass and i think it will be i will play this game and i will be so flipping excited this i mean this to me i can circle this and right now with the releases this will be my holiday game that i will play yes yes i mean based on what's coming out so far that we have dates for this is absolutely that game yep um though i do have to say holidays are gonna get really busy with these open world adventure games what else is coming out on holiday? Forspoken. Oh. That's October, though. Jedi Fallen Order 2. Maybe. You heard it here first, is... folks. Okay. Because um, uh, I did Z- draft that. Xenoblade and is in September. September. Oh, I got time to beat that before that. Yeah. Um, and Hogwarts Legacy, which we will talk about later. We will certainly talk about in a little bit. Uh, here's another thing. Until Dawn. You remember that game? That's love one of my it. favorites. Yes. I love Until great, Dawn. Great, great, great. Uh, Supermassive has been making the Dark Pictures anthology since they made Until Dawn. And I've played every single game in the anthology. I've not finished the last one. Um, but I think that speaks to the fact that I think it's not very good. Uh, or just like perfectly fine. Um, a follow-up to Until Dawn is being made called The Quarry. And uh, it comes out later this year in june i think and it is not a dark pictures anthology like chapter it is straight up a full game um that is like a follow-up to until dawn and it basically is about a bunch of kids who are um like hanging out they end up having to stay the night at some cabin and they're told hey do not leave um do not leave uh the cabin don't don't peek out until morning and then obviously 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 they start to leave and then horror ensues uh it is like 100% leaning into like the camp like not like like it is leaning into like a friday the 13th it's vibe. like a teen slasher f- flick like i like i watched the trailer with um my fiance and like she was like this looks kind of lame <laughs> what no did you did you guys play until dawn yeah oh yeah yeah but yeah, like from, from from the dialogue because it is like because yeah, it is pretending dialogue. to be yeah. yes yes yeah. um which i think is awesome and you've got uh who's in it uh 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 some people who are good. One of the character, one of the people from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is in it. The the woman who. So, oh gosh. Uh, uh, oh gosh. The uh, <laughs> Corey Cast uh, game. Yeah 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 yeah. Um. Um. So. Oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. Okay, so you got David Arquette who is from the Scream. Uh, stuff oh justice smith he is um he was the the kid in detective pikachu and he was like screaming all the time in jurassic world uh too uh and then 
I was I was looking, by the way, I was looking and there's a movie called The Quarry that came out in 2020 that I was looking and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's actually like, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I thought for a second, I was like, oh, Michael Shannon's in this. That's crazy. It's not. It's a different movie. So Brenda Song. Uh-huh. Brenda Song. She was in the Sweet Life of Zach Cody, and I believe was she wasn't she in the Social Network too? She was. She was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So those are your two big stars, because <laughs> they always get one or two. They had one of the guys was on Agents of Shield, and then from Until Dawn, and then they had uh, Hayden Penetier, and she was I think on Disney well, Channel and, and uh, uh, Rami, Peter Rami, Rami Malek too, and Robbie Malek. But that was yeah. before he was like someone. That was before he was someone. That that was you know, yeah. Yeah, good times. So good I, times. I'm I am actually really excited for this uh, because I love Until Dawn and because this seems to be uh, like Dark Pictures was like a cool experiment, but I don't think it really did like succeeded very well. This is like awesome. Yeah. This is like like the the follow up that I would have wanted and have been hoping for since Until Dawn came out. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped for this game. Um, I I hope. It'll be good. But even then, like uh, a game like this, that is like that kind of like couch co-op decision making game, full type of game that's out there. Hey, I'm I think that'll be great. I'm I want to play it. I'm interested. Yep. I'm hopeful. Me too. Guess when it comes out. Guess when it comes out. June 22nd. No. When? June 10th. Oh, I was close. Guess what that day is. That is your birthday. That's my, my birthday. What a birthday gift. That. What a birthday gift. Thank you. Super that, massive. Yeah, super massive. I, I could. That was the kindest thing anyone's ever done for me. I'm so excited. Um, here, speaking of summer things, EA Play Live, which oh. sort of happens in tandem with e, uh, uh, E3, which, by the way, has confirmed that it will be happening again this year. There were questions as to whether or not it would be. Uh, it's it's online again. I imagine that we will submit um, to be pressed for that again. We'll keep you all updated. But um, EA Play Live is not happening this year. Uh, EA confirmed that and they basically said, hey, we love putting the show on, but just with how everything shook out this year, we are not going to have enough to make a show out of, which honestly, I kind of respect. I would have appreciated if maybe some showcases at last year's E3 didn't happen because <laughs> publishers were able to say, like, you know, what? we actually don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have much to say really about this other than like, OK, so I imagine we won't see. um uh, 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 Jedi Fallen Order, unless it's put in some sort of other showcase, but I, I wouldn't know what that would be. Well, I think I think this makes sense to me because um, when you host host a press conference on your own, not only is it expensive, mm-hmm. um, it is you have so many critical eyes on you that like critique what you do, um, and judge what you do, and say like, oh, this sucks or this whatever. So. EA, they can just give, like, they can have other streams compete for their games. They will have Xbox competing for their games, Sony competing for their games, um, Summer Games Fest competing for their games, and E3 potentially competing for their games. Maybe Nintendo, but I doubt it. So you just have, like, people (laughs) wanting your games to show your games, and that makes it that you become any conference that, that talks about Jedi Fallen Order 2. That is a mic drop moment. Yep. And people are going to want to partner with you to do that. So it could be marketing deals that get struck up about that. Like maybe EA is like, yeah, we, we, you can, Sony, if you want uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2, 
uh, you have to sign this exclusive marketing deal. And what that means is that during E3, you get to announce this. How's that mm -hmm. sound? Um, so I think this makes sense for EA. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for them to not do this. Um, I think it allows EA to really highlight the games they want to highlight without having to put that, I don't know, target on their back about people being critical about what their conference was. Right. I, I think that's fair. I would. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So you go Jedi Fallen Order. You keep on keeping on and hopefully. Hopefully you'll have. Something. <laughs> And it better be Jedi Fallen Order 2 coming out this year. Keeping my fingers crossed for you, my man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Uh, in other news from studios, the initiative, which is the studio, the um, quadruple A. Self, yeah, self-proclaimed first quadruple A studio, uh, which is working on uh, it's it's a an Xbox exclusive studio, Xbox owned studio working on uh, a new perfect dark game apparently has been hemorrhaging employees quote fast and furious according to ad, uh, a report done by Andy Robinson uh, from video games Chronicle basically a lot of people who have been working on the development of it have been leaving uh, like core people so uh, the article reads this as much as half of the core development team known to be working on the upcoming perfect dark reboot quit the company during the last year or around 36 people analysis of employee LinkedIn profiles has revealed um, that's not good because that includes people like the game director uh, the design director lead level design uh, principal world builder uh, and then two senior system designers. Uh, that's not that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so. This has to come with. Um, I think there's a lot of red flags that have come up with this studio from the beginning. Yeah. Um, remember when Crystal Dynamics? I was gonna say, weren't they working with Crystal Dynamics on this? Yeah, and that's odd because you have this quadruple A studio partnering with another pretty big studio. Uh, Crystal yeah. Dynamics, pretty big studio. Yes. Um, so. What was coming out is part of the reason they did that is because I think the lead at the initiative used to be at Crystal Dynamics. He was one of the heads there, yeah. So what basically is, is it seems to be happening here is that people who are not part of that Crystal Dynamics family are getting phased out because, as they are saying, according to this article by um, uh, Daniel Apartis, uh, on gamesindustry.biz, it says, according to the outlet, staff were frustrated and didn't feel heard on key issues surrounding development. The team said it was surprised at Microsoft's leniency towards the studio's lack of progress as a result. So to me, when you're working at a video game company, you want to make sure that you are creating an environment where you are attracting the best people possible. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? You do that by attracting people who are talented and allowing those talented people to do what do they're their good thing. at. Yeah, do yeah. their thing. To collaborate, to create, to come up with whatever. It seems like the initiative is just kind of like, this is what we're doing. We want good people, but you're doing what we're telling you to do. Yeah. That's not a good way to make a good product. That's not a good way to make employees feel happy. So while maybe they're like the initiative here isn't being like a, you know, horrible in terms of how they treat uh, you know, people in the, in this company. The, like in like for like reasons like you know other companies are having issues with you know the toxic work culture 
their issue is that they're just not a great company to work at. Right, exactly. Right, like they're they're not allowing creators to create, and yeah. um, I guess uh, their their motto here for a quadruple A studio, um, maybe what they mean by quadruple A is that uh, they don't want any good people to work there. <laughs> that even mean <laughs> i know right <laughs> Why would um, that be that way yeah uh, and i think it's interesting about how that that quote i read about how it says the team was surprised at microsoft's leniency towards the studio's lack of progress and i think from the beginning microsoft their their motto has been we don't want to micromanage these companies right we're Just gonna do, let them do, do do your thing we will provide the support for stability um but when does microsoft have to come in and be like what the hell are you doing right <laughs> Like, Yo, you're the first quadruple A company. Right. And <laughs> like, your yeah. people don't want to work for you. Right. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch this develop. I, I feel like the bad news is if you're a Perfect Dark fan, you ain't getting that game soon. This is not coming up anytime soon. And if you're assuming this company is going to create a functional product, a lot has to happen to this company yes. in order to create a product that is going to be good um, and uh, productive and uh, a functional product. So, yeah. I we agree. shall see. We shall see. Uh, you know, you you always hope hope for the best, but um, expect the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say, but you're not far off. Speaking of that, I suppose let's talk about Hogwarts Legacy. <gasps> uh, so there was a state of play that showcased a lot of Hogwarts Legacy. Um, basically, it, it was 20 minutes giving you a rundown of, hey, here's what Hogwarts Legacy is actually about. Here's what the gameplay is going to look like. Here's what the story is and and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I thought it looked interesting, but I have like a lot to say about it. What, and I'm not entirely sure where to begin. What do, what do you what do you what do you, what? How does this all grab you? OK, so I mean, the, the two questions that come up with this are. It's the game itself, yes, and the controversy, uh, the uh, negative things that J.K. Rowling are saying, and yes, unfortunately, in 2022, it's hard to look at Harry Potter without considering J.K. Rowling and what she says uh, and what her thoughts and opinions are on uh, trans people and the like. Her like stark opinions yes against trans people yes because it's the kind of thing where back at least to my understanding back when she sort of first started talking about gender in this way uh it was almost the kind of thing where it was like wait what what (laughs) hold on no (laughs) joe (laughs) no (laughs) um but she has really doubled down on it over the past like two years or so uh, in a way that is uh, like fucking abhorrent. I mean, like, fuck. Like, at, at the end of the day, trans rights are human rights and they should not be treated the way that they're treated. And the discrimination that happens against them is f- fucking awful and, and terrible and horrific. And the fact that you have this author, this like prominent figure, like consistently talking about this and, and participating in all this like fear mongering against these people who are just trying to fucking go to the bathroom, like is gross and it's horrible. But then it is kind of a tricky situation because she is still very connected to this franchise that she made. Um, 
And so when new shiny new video games come out that look kind of cool, you it is impossible to take her out of that. So all of that said, I want to talk about the game and then I want to talk about that stuff if if that's okay. I mean, I think the part of the reason that this even becomes a hard thing to talk about is because <laughs> like I, I want to talk about the game, but it's also important to talk you, you about can't. like the context. You know you, what I mean? Yes, yes. And and I and I by the way, I want to clarify, I'm not trying to separate those two things. I just think it's worth covering right, the right, game right. and then also really digging into that context. Right. So um, st- stay to play first and then we can get deeper into this. Yes, stuff. because okay. as you mentioned, as I'm watching this state of play, the whole time I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. But yada yada, like all this other stuff. So state of play. Based on the 20 minutes of gameplay they showed, I know you're a big Harry Potter fan. I am question mark like, <laughs> See, like, that's, that's the, the thing, thing that's the thing right? like <laughs> i was like i liked it i i went to the wizarding world in like 27 like teen that was cool um <laughs> right so like fuck <laughs> um i what yeah this game looks up? awesome it looks really it, it does look really cool like and it looks like the kind of thing that i would have absolutely gone nuts over five years ago like I I mean, I I think this game looks great. I think the story looks interesting. Uh, I think the gameplay looks interesting and could potentially be great. Uh, I mean, the best way to describe this game, it's like uh, a action adventure game meets bully. Um, the, yeah, the rock star game, game in which you're going to Hogwarts and literally like, you know, upgrading your skills and abilities and things like that, but also having like those checklists to go off of with a good, interesting looking narrative. And the narrative uh, seems to be um, there is a goblin rebellion um, and yeah. they are being supported by dark wizards. You're, you're making a face. What was that face? Yeah, no, keep going and we'll talk about it. So you have the uh, stereotypical goblins uh, pairing up with the um, uh, supremacist uh, dark wizards. Is that is that the the way the the? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about it just like Harry so, Potter. For so a to beginning, the, the game looks great. I think it looks yeah. like it could be a really awesome game, and if. Uh, this game, which I have drafted in my fantasy critic, if it comes out this year, regardless of the controversy, Harry Potter is big enough that it is going to sell a lot, and this could be yes. a really good Harry Potter game. Yes, probably the best ever. I mean, that's probably true because what's it competing against? Lego Harry Potter and the uh, original I, I Harry Potter true. ones. I have good yeah, memories when I was a kid. Yes, I agree. I agree. They don't live up to like they showed a bunch of like like before and after like uh, of like the the Hagrid like uh, like a nice yeah. great like rendered Hagrid versus like the Hagrid the from PS2 those old one. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah okay let's talk about Harry Potter uh, I mean let's talk about this goblin thing um hmm okay so like in general the way the fantasy interpretation of goblins is not very good uh, and it is sort of rooted in anti semitism. Because uh, you have these like stereotypical caricature, like political cartoon drawings of Jewish people, and then they hoard all the money, right? And they're like, I mean, it's it's like like a really gross interpretation of stereotypes surrounding Jewish people. Um, and then in Harry Potter, like you've got that, and then. <laughs> 
they are second class citizens and you forget about that because they don't really talk about it in the movies which like i remember a lot about the movies and i remember a lot about the books too because i listened to them on tape basically on repeat as a kid um but you forget that like magical creatures are second class citizens in the harry potter world so goblins and house elves and like centaurs um don't have human rights and harry potter is always like like the narrative is always like and they just like it like that because <laughs> that's just the way things are meant to be and so it's odd that this game's narrative would be about a goblin revolution right about like i don't I, it's i don't know if it, they said explicitly like what they want in the story um but if there is a revolution going on for the goblins you have to imagine that like hey maybe they want to be treated like citizens <laughs> Which, I mean, there is a space for that in this game. Like, that's not, that we're not saying that, that the game isn't going to go in that direction. No, no. But, I mean, that's that's what the direction it's, it seems to be going yeah, in. Yeah, But exactly. the question is, like, that, like, I think, I don't know, I think that's actually a cool conversation. But yep. then by having them be the bad guys is, like, oh, I don't know if that's good. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I I agree. I, if like that's what it turns out to be, I think that could be bad. But I would hope that the studio is making it appear that way, and maybe there is that like deeper conversation that will come up with that. Like, there's the potential. The, the poten- there is the potential, yes, to have right, that conversation. But as it is now, it's like the Jewish people are the bad guys, along with the white supremacists. Have fun. It, yes, <laughs> right, right. Which like rubs me a little bit of the wrong way. But like, okay, it's weird to say, but all that aside. The stuff with J.K. Rowling is tough because you have this woman who, according to the studio, according to who makes it, Avalanche? Is that who? Uh, it's 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 an Avalanche. I know there's two of them. Um, let's see here. Uh, I don't have it immediately available to me. Uh, I Avalanche, think it's Avalanche. Avalanche Software. These yes, are the okay. people who made Disney Infinity, um, Dragon Ball Z Sagas, Tack and the Power of Juju. Oh, um, yeah. Apparently, NCAA College Football 2K3. Finally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, a new studio. I don't know if this is like the pu- publisher or... No, the publisher is Warner Brothers. Um, but Portkey Games showed up at the beginning of this press conference showcase which i'd never heard of before i have to imagine they just handle a lot of like the harry potter stuff like i there's that like harry potter phone ios game that's like sort of a pokemon go type thing i think um that i imagine portkey games probably handles but what i'm trying to say is the studio the, the people working behind this game have basically come out and said jk rowling is not involved with this at all in terms of like its story, its messaging, whatever they they made it clear, uh, you can make a trans character if you wanted to with its in depth character creator, which is cool and a, like not what J.K. Rowling would probably want in her game. I hope they make that a trophy, <laughs> just to really just like <laughs> just twist the knife in it, J.K. Yeah. Rowling. Yeah, but at the end of the day, while she might not be directly involved, she's still getting a paycheck from this. As this is, she owns the rights to this. This is her intellectual property. She is licensing this, right? She's not the only person getting a check from this. I mean, like, if you are using the likeness of um, Hogwarts as it is portrayed in the movies, that means that Warner Brothers is going to get checks, but they're also publishing it. Like, there's a lot of people who are getting paid from this, but J.K. Rowling is. 
So the big question about this is, can you buy this game while also supporting trans people? And a lot of people have thoughts on this. I think it's up to the individual person to make that call as to whether or not they can play this game. But there is a wonderful, wonderfully well-written piece on GameSpot right now um, titled J.K. Rowling's Anti-Transgender Stance and Hogwarts Legacy by Jesse Earle. It is uh, a little long in the tooth, but it is... Uh, maybe that's not what I mean. It's a it's a it's a lengthy long article. It's a, it's, a yes. it's it's a meaty content packed article that's really minorly about video games. Yes, but it, it really talks about J.K. Rowling and her stance and the way she's talked about a lot of these things and the misinformation that she's spreading. Uh, and then it all ties back to talking about Hogwarts Legacy uh, and. I think probably my the, my favorite piece of this is um, the the final statement here. Uh, so in the beginning, it talks about like this this article isn't trying to say isn't trying to make you isn't trying to tell you how to feel because at the end of the day, we all have to come to those conclusions ourselves, right? Uh, and they also write about how like you can buy this game, like you, you're allowed to buy this game and support trans people, but you have to also recognize what supporting Harry Potter means now and how it is not as simple as just supporting, you know, any other franchise. And the last piece, the last line in this, and it's, I, I love this. It says, uh, and, and go read this. It will, it is linked along with all the other articles we reference in the description of this episode. Um, it says this. So supporting Hogwarts legacy, a game about fighting magical fantasy bigots isn't wrong, but Ignoring its legacy within actual bigotry would be. Oh, that is that is so well put. Right. About like. You can play this game. But you cannot ignore. What. You can't ignore the context surrounding it. And I think that that's powerful. I agree. There is context. And no matter what you do, there is going to be context. And I think. One of the most important things to take away from all of this, I mean, it's not so much if you're going to play the game or not. I think that, again, is up to the individual gamer who wants to do yes. this. But I think it's about having these conversations and talking yes. about this. Um, and I think it's really easy to go to someone like J.K. Rowling, who has a lot of influence and a lot of power, something that this article does a great job of setting up about how influential J.K. Rowling is in these anti-trans communities, which is scary and worrisome that they have a figurehead like J.K. Rowling. Yeah. But I think having these conversations and talking about this is so important for giving, creating a discourse around this where we can say that things are not okay and you cannot talk about people like that and it's not okay to talk like about people like that and how you know how do we create a more knowledgeable and inclusive society have conversations and i think if the one thing that you're going to do is target jk rowling with negative comments that doesn't create discourse and I don't want to sit here and th feel like we have to legitimize J.K. Rowling's position because I think that is a dangerous thing to do because if you uh, legitimize every single controversial opinion, that gives too much credence to crazy people. Yeah. 
But having these conversations and talking about why you don't think it's okay to talk about trans people that way or any marginalized group that way, having a conversation about how you can like Harry Potter, but there is this context involved with Harry Potter that you should be aware of and you need to know about. Um, I think those are important things to have and to not ignore it, to not ignore people, to not pretend Harry Potter doesn't exist. Um, I don't I, I don't think that is the way to make things better for people. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I think that is a fantastic point about like not every single thing needs to be debated because there's just some things that you just there's no debate for. Um, but yeah, the fact that the fact that this was posted on GameSpot. I think is actually like really important. The fact that such a big website is willing to have such a, um, uh, not that, not that this is a controversial piece, but have a piece that is really speaking about not, not necessarily out against, but really having a, an unflinching look at what this is all about, uh, for such a major title. I think is awesome. And I, I think that's, that's really good on that site. Um, yeah, I, I think personally, I think I'm skipping this one and I think it, it makes me feel similar to how Activision blizzard games make me feel right now where I just don't think I could sit down and enjoy one of these games, uh, one, like an Activision blizzard game with the context of what those company what's been up with those companies right so that's just that's just where i personally stand this is up to the individual to um choose and i think that's what is great about i don't know <laughs> choice and and these sorts of conversations it's up to the individual to choose as long as and, and there's nothing wrong with with choosing to play it as long as you are not ignoring that context and as long as you're willing to talk about those things and understand those things and say hey this is wrong like like these aspects of this are wrong right jk rowling the creator of this is wrong all this sort of stuff so yeah, it's, I, a, it's yeah, it, it, and, I mean, it, and it's yeah, go on. I, it's unfortunate, and things like this uh, permeate more than just video games. I mean, you have big companies that support things that I personally like am like strongly in disagreement of politically mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and I think with every purchase you do, it's up to you to be informed and to know about like who, what, what a company supports and what uh, a figurehead stands for. And um, I, I think just because you buy a product doesn't mean you support that person. Right. Doesn't mean you support their ideas, but they still have those ideas and they still benefit in some way, whether financially or, um, uh, conversation, uh, benefit from your purchase of those things. And I think you just got to be aware of it, uh, and keep talking about people and just, you know, when you're talking to people, the, the goal should be, to make sure that everyone is a better person and that we respect other people. I think that is yeah. so important. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with you. And it is a shame because, as we said, um, Hogwarts Legacy as a game looks to be pretty awesome, especially for uh, Harry Potter, which, I mean, you know, like we said, we has had some decent games before, but nothing maybe of this 
um, like quality, quality and and scale and scope and all that. So that is that. Got anything else to add about uh, <laughs> this? I, I know this is like heavy, and it, it's not maybe a fun way to close out our show. But well, it's it's I I, I think important. just to remember, it's not as easy as just saying I'm going to buy this game or not buy this game. I hope it makes you feel uncomfortable if you buy this game. I hope it uh, makes you feel like you have like I hope you just have that uncomfort like in the back of your no matter what you do because that means that you're really grappling with these questions about what is right and wrong um, and uh, it's not as simple as it's not it's not as simple as saying you know this is the right option and this is the bad option um, but to engage with that stuff rather than running away with it to understand. Um, the complexity of issues, I think, is something that we always have to do to be better human beings. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, people could judge you for buying this game. I don't think they're wrong with that. I think, you know, I think people uh, are the right to have an opinion. But if someone is judging you for buying this game, have a conversation with that person. Talk to that person about it. Um, understand where they're coming from uh, for why did you purchase this game? Or why do you not want to purchase this game? Have those conversations. That is so important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's why we started a podcast. <laughs> to have conversations about The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, and and to talk about this sort of stuff. And I'm I'm happy that we uh, can speak freely about this because I think it's I think it's important. Like you said, though, there are a lot of I think there are a lot of people telling you how to feel. And I think the general you. Um, and I think it's important to uh, come to your own conclusions and and feel how you feel about it and all, while also willing to listen to other people's uh, and again read views. this damn article because if you just yeah. think it was a tweet that jk rowling did in 2020 it is more than no that. it is it's pretty it's pretty fucking gross um also it's, this is also and we were talking about this before uh we started recording this is also just like a very good piece of games journalism <laughs> like this is just like really really spectacular uh and there is even like they don't even really talk about the game that much, uh, but it is it is so important and so cool that it not cool. Cool is maybe the wrong word. Um, the reporting is really is of high quality. And the fact that all of this context is surrounding a game and then relates back to the game uh, is, I think, really uh, interesting. And I think, like we said before, uh, I'm glad that GameSpot was willing to publish this. So. All right. I think that's that. What do you say? Should we wrap this up here? Uh, that's, that's that. That's that. That is that. We solved all the problems. We did it. Just we like that. We finally did it. We we did it with Six Days in Fallujah. We did it right now. <laughs> Two fucking white dudes. Yeah, we did it. Done. <laughs> um, hey, thanks so much for listening to our show. We do. We truly 100% do love uh, and appreciate you listening right now. If you have any comments or, or thoughts or feelings on the, on any of this, specifically, I do. I'm curious what people are feeling about um, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, we would love we would love to, to talk with you about that on Twitter or uh, on our emails or our Twitter account. That's at HitboxPod. You can tweet at us, send us a DM, whatever you think. Uh, or you can send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. Doesn't have to be about Hogwarts Legacy, though. You can talk to us about, I don't know, Stranger of Paradise if you've, if you've dipped into that. Elden Ring if you're making your way through that. Uh, the Quarry. Really anything that we talked about today. Uh, we are always interested to hear what you think of all these things. 
uh, you're the, the platform you're listening to this on probably has a subscribe button or a review feature or like a rating feature of some sort if you wouldn't mind engaging with those by subscribing to us on there and then also leaving us a review if it's an option or like uh on spotify you don't even have to like type up a review you just give like number of stars that would be so great that we do see that sort of stuff and it helps with our metrics and, and all that sort of stuff am i missing anything here uh, you're just missing the fact that uh, on Friday uh, I'll be watching the Halo TV series, and I can't wait to talk oh to you about that. Okay, uh, next podcast. I appreciate you saying that that is happening because I guess that means that's what I'm doing this weekend. Um, it's got to have the music, right? And they have to have a hook shot, a grappling. Hook. Oh, I hope. Oh man, I hope. Halo Infinite was pretty good, apart from the parts I didn't like. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it was good. It was a good game. I hope that season two uh, Doubt is it. of quality. Me too, but <laughs> hey, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week for episode number 85. Until then, please always do remember old games are old. Later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>